This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do the Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. uh, I'm changing it up today with two guests, and I want to welcome Bryce Valinga and Amy Franson. I am so happy to have you both with me today. And I'm just going to ask you both to introduce yourself. Uh, Who wants to go first? (laughs) We're both pointing to each other. Um, Thank you. You got it. Um, I'm Amy Franson, and I just love people. I love people. Um, I'm a mom. I have four teenagers right now. And um, I usually don't describe myself with divorce, but I, since we're talking about it, I have been divorced for seven and a half years. And um, my custody situation, we're ha- uh, 50-50, so I work on the days that I don't have my kids, and I'm a therapist on those days, and I love it. I love being a mom. I love being a therapist. Um, and I love people. Thank you. You love a lot of other things, too. I love a lot of things. (laughs) I just asked Amy if she could sing for us, her and Bryce, actually, but we're going to hold off. My answer was no. We'll see. Yeah. You have to sing all of your answers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bryce, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I grew up here in Utah County, born and raised, lived here my whole life. And because we're talking about divorce, I was also uh, married once before, met in college, went to UVSC, and... Um, was married for just under 11 years. Together we had three kids. And then um, I was divorced for about seven years before wow. meeting my current wife. And we've been married for about three and a half years now. And together we have six kids that we're trying to coach through life. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I, lo- I love watching the kids grow. That's one of my favorite things, just being around the kids. Yes. Thank you, Bryce. You also have many things that you love, and we could talk about what we like, our hobbies, things we love to do that fill our souls in a lot of ways, but we are here today to talk about divorce. Thank you both. Andy Grammer has a song called The Good Parts, and the song starts with him saying, you know, we can talk about this or this, we can talk about your job, we can talk about this, but then the chorus moves in too, and this is the part that I really love. Show me where it hurts. Give me something real and lead me to the part of you that really never heals. And say the words that burn when they leave your mouth. Tell me your story, but don't leave the good parts out. So today, (laughs) we're going to talk about, we're going to do that today. And Amy and Bryce and I were all saying, are you nervous? I'm nervous. Why are we nervous? And I'll speak for myself and they can each speak for themselves as well, but this is, divorce is a topic that um, we don't really talk well about, I don't believe, and, and, and it feels uncomfortable for lots of different reasons. Um, but the truth is, I would guess every person that we know or that hears this podcast has been touched by divorce. Either they've been through a divorce or their parents have been divorced or a sibling or a friend has been through a divorce. And if you're the half a percent of person who can't relate to any of those spaces, then just hang on. 
it's likely that you'll experience it in some way. There's a phenomenon that I noticed many years ago when I was serving in the women's organization in our church. There were certain trials or experiences that we could talk about and care for openly and freely. Diseases such as cancer, strokes, um, all different kinds of accidents, having babies, death, and many others. We are all over those kinds of experiences as a people and as a community. And then there are some that we don't know how to speak of or care well for. Uh, We kind of whisper when we have to speak about it. Addiction, divorce, spiritual death, abuse, and other painful life experiences. Now, pain is pain, and comparing pain is not helpful. I've said that before. However, to be able to speak to someone's experience is critical if we want to connect with others. I believe that as disciples of Jesus Christ, or really as just good humans, if you are not a believer in Christ or religious, there there cannot be some pains that we speak to and others that we're afraid to address. We don't have to account for every minute of everyone's life, but to address the reality of people's experiences is really critical. To be heard is to heal. I will never forget an interaction that I had shortly after I filed for divorce, and my husband had recently moved out of our home. I was at church and chatting with a wonderful woman whose husband had just suddenly passed away a few weeks earlier. I was asking her how she was doing, and she shared some tender experiences and also was expressing how terrible it was to lose her husband and to be alone. It all made so much sense to me. She then turned to me and said, where's your husband, Christy? I have Christy. I haven't seen him for a while. I told her that he'd moved out because we were getting a divorce. She gasped and grabbed my arm and said, oh, Christy, that must feel like a death too. Tears started streaming down my face and I said, yes, that's what it feels like. It was one of the most validating things that anyone has ever said to me. My hope and goal for this podcast is that whether we are the one going through a divorce or we love and care for someone who is, we will leave this podcast with better tools to move through it or help someone else move through it. And one last thing before we start our discussion. I think I can speak for all of us, especially because I think I can say this because Bryce is married and Amy's on her way. She's almost... (laughs) Uh, remarried as well. But we believe in marriage. Jeanette Erickson, an associate professor at Brigham Young University, said this of marriage and families. Though our culture may tell us otherwise, we are not designed for self-actualized pleasure-seeking autonomy. We are deeply relational beings, designed not for independence, but for radical dependence and connection. Marriage and family life provide a powerful context for us to experience this truth but they are not just the means to an end. Familial love and belonging are the end. Yes, yes, yes. And divorce is a reality for so many of us. And so here we are. Amy, you're wiping tears away from your eyes. (laughs) Tell me, do you want to share what you're feeling before I even ask a question? Oh, goodness. I think that, yeah, it is so... um... Your, your experience of being seen yeah. and validated, that hits home a lot. I'm just like thinking of the, the times where I have been seen in that way and yes. just the beautiful community that is a part of 
the single community, right, Bryce? Like there's a beautiful community of understanding and love and compassion there. And it is, it is, I, I remember as things were kind of happening in my situation, feeling so alone. I didn't know anyone who is actually divorced, <laughs> like yeah. in my close circle, yes. like, or even my acquaintances, I didn't know anyone. And um, then to be like, have all the compassion in the world. But then I just remember my first actual single friend who could like, oh yeah, I know what mediation is like. And I, you know, like making some of these decisions as a single mom. And there is, there's something that is really beautiful about specific empathy mm. in the situation. And then I'm also reacting very much to this idea that like God is for families and believing in families. And I really do believe and have such a, a strong feeling that, yeah, um, I think it is a self-actualization and this individualization of society that is taking people out of the context of the we and us mentality, focusing more on the I, and it it is destroying families and communities. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We're going to talk more about each of those things as we go along. <laughs> Thank you, Amy, for your thoughts. Some statistics about divorce that I didn't know about. Well, I think we maybe have, most of us have heard that about f- between 40 and 50% of marriages end in divorce. A second marriage it goes higher in the in the six in the high sixties, and third marriages have a seventy three percent divorce rate. I yikes! Like <laughs> that's not good. The highest divorce rate comes from the Maldives. The lowest divorce rate is in Sri Lanka. So if your marriage is in trouble, run to Sri Lanka. No, I'm kidding. But we, there's probably reasons why those. That's there are other factors in Sri Lanka, likely. Couples who live together before marriage are more likely to end in divorce. Couples who marry before age 32 have a lower divorce rate. 69% of divorces are initiated by women. What would you guys guess are the occupation with the lowest divorce rate? Want any guesses? Who does that? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? You want to guess? Well, I'm going to tell you. Actuaries and physical scientists have the lowest <laughs> divorce rate. I'm so curious. You know, I want them I on the podcast next. Yeah. What's going on? And um, women who earn a college degree are less likely to get divorced. Guess what state has the highest divorce rate in the United States? California. New York. I don't think California actually reports. There's a couple of oh, states uh-huh. that don't report. And I think California is one of them. You say New York? No. Nevada, and the lowest divorce rate? Alaska. I know. You wonder because they're just out there. You just think they have to love each other, but it's actually (laughs) – I just lost it on my – Idaho. No, Massachusetts. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Um, And divorces are more like – oh, divorcees are more likely to die earlier than married people. Mm. So – I thought some of those stats were interesting, something I'd never looked into until I was actually divorced. Divorce affects us in so many different ways. So here's my question to both of you. If you could describe your divorce in a sentence or two, what would it be? How would you describe it? And we'll start with you, Brian. Yeah. Oh, I get to go first yeah. this time, huh? <laughs> yep. Well, you know, when I, when I first thought of like, my divorce 
certain words came to mind. And so instead of describing it, just yeah. some words that came to mind were darkness, helplessness, mm-hmm. um, just the fear of the unknown, a lot of confusion, unmet expectations, uh, different types of heartache, a lot of desperation, or just feeling like there's everything was out of control, just reaching out to anybody that I felt like could help. Did you reach out? I did. And, you know, it's interesting, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but you can find any advice you're looking for, depending on which direction you want to go with it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be really careful and strategic about who and how you reach out, because that can go any way. And, and, you know, you don't want to just take anybody's advice because everybody has free advice to give you. So supported by statistics. Yes. You can support <laughs> yes. anything exactly. with statistics if you want. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of the things that that I feel when I when I think about my divorce is I didn't feel like I had the skills that I needed to be able to maneuver through being able to resolve conflict or or even just differences of opinion. I thought that if I could keep the peace, then we were in a good place, not realizing how much damage that caused long term because I didn't know how to be vulnerable or how to express myself and and probably understand somebody else's vulnerabilities at the same time. So, mm. and, and that creates a lot of pain. So yeah, nice. there's, there's some things that I had to learn. I had to grow up. I love, I love the words that you use to describe. Those are not words that a lot of uh, men um, even have that they know how to share or to feel. They feel them, but so thank you. I, well, men and women, but thank you for sharing. Um, so relatable, as you said that. Thank you so much. How about you, Amy? Yeah, describing divorce. <laughs> I think no one gets married to get divorced. And mm-hmm. so I think whenever it happens, it is devastating and heartbreaking and definitely a loss of of dreams. Um But then also, I mean, I can say this, you know, seven and a half years out that I feel like it's been one of my greatest teaching tools, Hmm. um, greatest learning experiences. And there is the opportunity to, if you take it, um, to self-reflect in some really personal and um, effective ways. And yeah, so I would say that it's been an, an experience that... I've learned a lot from as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I, you. I would echo that. Like, yeah. You know, in that, in when you're going through that, you feel like you're going through the darkest hell. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I, I just think I wouldn't change any of it because of who, who we become when we go through it. Yeah. It changes us. So beautiful. And I can hear the seven years. I can hear the space and the healing and the growth from both of you. I am one year into my divorce. I was married for 33 years, and I can mostly say those things. <laughs> and I think more time and more experience. I, I would, you guys have used the words that I would say as well. If divorce felt like a devastating end to my dreams and expectations from my childhood of what my life would look and feel like. Yes. The truth is, I could not even say the word divorce. I I was like, uh, 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 it was the other. In fact, 
pretty recently I had said something about, you know, I'm divorced. And I thought that just came out all smooth. Like, like it's, <laughs> like it's my reality and not something that I'm happy about, but that I just am expressing that in this, in the way that I, the word, even the word and all my beliefs about divorce yes. were tied into that. I remember in, in, in my marriage, it was the D word, you know, like we began marriage saying, okay, that's, we never say the D word, you know, like that's never an option. And then it can feel like, you know, there'd be trail that is experienced. There's betrayal that is experienced in so many levels in this, you know, whether, but like that is one of the, like almost betrayed by the idea of marriage, like being forever, you know, Yes. of what just happened, you know? Yes. 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 Thank you. Okay. So you've, you've shared in part, but I want to know what was the hardest part for you? So we've said it's been hard to say the word, which really just means we have a lot of beliefs tied to what divorce means, right? I, I could list off all kinds of things. I wasn't even aware that I believed until I started to ask, why can't I say this? What am I so afraid of? What is this touching? You know, so many parts there. But what was the hardest part feels like a ridiculous question. <laughs> so help me. Tell me. What, where would you go? Oh. <laughs> hardest part. Oh, maybe just the word like restructuring. Mm. comes to mind of just like everything feels like it's out of whack and you have to kind of like restructure everything from like if you have kids right you're having to restructure your time with them and what that looks like if you have shared a home together and, and you have to like move homes or like I I right away um, got back into my career because that was it was obvious that was you know needed and so restructuring my life as a stay-at-home mom and and what this looks like now restructuring your social situation, you know, like I had, I have amazing married friends, but then like that specific empathy was, you know, needed and, and so welcomed. And so restructuring my social, just like everything got restructured, like nothing. I I remember there would be days, well, and it's, and still where I wake up and I'm like, this is my life. Holy cow. Like, this is so different. And I'm like, nothing looks the same as it did. So, yeah, Yeah. that was hard. And, you know, came with goodness too. But for sure. Hard. Thanks. Yeah. One of the hardest things for me was just feeling like I was losing everything I had worked for. And probably the biggest thing was just the relationship that I had with my kids and what I imagined I wanted to be like as a dad now all of a sudden changed. And, you know, there was a constant feeling of being out of place, feeling like all of a sudden your your whole social life changed, the people that you were friends with. I mean, they were still your friends, but it's it different. just wasn't the same. You yes. couldn't hang out with them the same way. Um, going to, to church, I felt out of place. Um, it felt like a piece of me was always missing when... I wasn't with my family and, you know, so I had lost my dad a couple of years before my divorce and he was somebody that I talked to about all my problems in life, you know? So now all of a sudden everything was gone and, and there was a point where I was driving down the freeway on my motorcycle and I just felt like I can end this right now. Just swerve into that semi. I remember so clearly where I was and I just had this 
thought that went through my head that said, your kids, what about them? They need their dad in their life. And it, it changed my perspective on everything going forward from that time of, of how I could show up for them. And yeah, that was that was the biggest thing for me is just who was I going to be in their life at that point moving forward? Oh, thank you, Bryce. For me, one of the things that was the very hardest was how this would affect my children. The pain, the pain that they would go through as a mother. I should have brought tissues for sure. <laughs> as a mother, I had spent a lot of my life trying to create a space for them that felt safe and warm and like they could come in and know that they were safe. And then I was making a choice that would felt to me. All my children were grown when um, I went through my divorce. But I don't think that matters. I think children, no matter your age, want their parents to love each other. And so that was so painful for me. Yeah. So painful. <laughs> I, I remember we were driving to a meeting uh, that we had set up where we were going to tell the kids. <laughs> I, I had the kids and mm-hmm. And my former husband was going to meet us there. And I just remember thinking, I'm just going to drive to California. I'm just going to keep driving. I'm just going to keep driving. And like, we can have a happy life and this never has to happen. And I just, that was, I think the most painful, hard, difficult day was telling them that no choice of theirs. Yes. Right. That this was, this was happening in their lives and like knowing and all those fears that I had been, yeah, just dealing with myself they were all going to be spilled out all over my beautiful kids (laughs) and you know people will always say kids are resilient and there's truth to that and kids are human and their foundation stands when they're little they don't not for always but when they're but children believe their parents are their that's their foundation so it is like the earth split underneath them and then we're like, hey, you're resilient. Like, you're okay. Head to school. You're good. You know, there's a reason. There's a reason that there's so many other behaviors and show-ups in children that, that whose parents have been through divorce. Yeah. Another part that was just hard for me was that emotionally divorce is heavy, but there isn't a lot of space to just flop. Like, there are lawns to be mowed, meals to cook, <laughs> bills to pay, a job to go to. I mean— Past pain to heal through. So probably some of my most vulnerable times now are when I text my neighbors. I have about four or five neighbors that I'll text and say, are any of your husband's or son's home that can come and lift my garbage bag into my trash can because I can't lift it. It's too heavy. Or, you know, I don't know. I have the best neighbors. I'll text them when I can't lift something or do something alone. So... That's been a hard part of divorce is just losing my partner, losing my person. So, okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, What surprised you the most? That's similar. (laughs) Is that similar to what's the hardest? It is. You know, this is a tough one because there's a lot of surprises that come Uh. and there's a lot of emotions that are all over the place. (laughs) Trying to learn how to manage and control that Mm -hmm. is not not necessarily control it, but how to how to handle it and deal with it. Mm-hmm. But but I would say the thing that surprised me the most is how quickly we change as people. Mm-hmm. Um, how quickly one minute you're you're trying to 
fight for your marriage and the next minute you're like, okay, I'm done. Or, or even, <sighs> no. um, you know, there's a lot of blame and stuff in a divorce. And so then it's like, how do I change and take that away and start focusing on fixing or healing myself? Like when we start working on the things that are important, we change so quickly if we're willing to do that work. But yes. when we aren't willing to, you can change for good or for bad in a second. And okay. and that was probably my biggest surprise is how quickly I could change and how quickly another person can change one way or the other. And even part of that, as you say that, like wanting to control that, yes. like adds an added measure of yes. surprise and pain, right? Yeah. Like, whoa. And and it's interesting with control when we're talking about this because control sounds so negative. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah. and it can be. Yeah. But also when you're trying to like make something happen, you are trying to like maneuver yes. through a space that's unknown and you are trying to control it. But it's not that you're trying to be controlling of another person. It's just that you're trying to like not lose everything. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Yeah. Under control is always fear. And so that's what you just described that really well, that I'm trying to, I'm trying to not, I'm afraid of losing something. And so I yes. show up in ways that, yeah, are controlling. Good. Thank you. How about you, Amy? Yeah. I think one of the most surprising things was seeing this like, oh, whoa, like, <laughs> You know, when you're married and that is um, feeling like really good and connected and like you know each other. I think that one of the biggest surprises for me is seeing things happen that I'm like, oh, I don't know this person. I don't know these interactions. I don't know these words. You know, yeah. like I don't know this way of being so very misunderstood. Yeah. And like, just, I was so surprised how my intentions were not, you know, just like the level of misunderstanding that yeah. happens when there's not, I think it's difficult enough in relationship to be understood with like, you know, and have good communication skills in a divorce, you're working with like this decoupling and this process of like not communicating and not um, having that kind of connection and it just leaves a, a wide open door for misunderstanding and that surprised me so much how very misunderstood mm -hmm. and I had to cat you know I still do like just have to really catch myself like okay you don't know all the working parts there's not a lot of communication around this happening so there is a lot that you probably just don't see or understand and so I'm having to leave a lot of space for my own myself to not jump to conclusions or assumptions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been really surprised but like how hurtful it is to not be understood. Yeah. You explain that so well. <sighs> oh. And and I just think you know the contrast of when when you're when you start dating, you're looking for all the good things in somebody. And so oh, you take yeah. you take everything they do as like or in normal relationships, uh -huh. right? You yeah. usually can give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But when you're going through divorce, it's all like always trying to find fault or I can't believe it, you know, and just so trying then, to protect yourself. Yes. Right? <laughs> and so, yes, it can be so misconstrued sometimes. Which is so painful with the person that you, that you trusted to the most, understand yes, you the most. Yeah. Well, and it's such a vulnerable place too, because these, this person or, you know, that 
that, or like, I'm even thinking of like the people that were close to me by association, like in-laws and and Mm. friends and things like people who know so much about you and like the very innermost, most intimate parts of you. And now it's like, yeah, I'm like, I didn't ask for an enemy and I've never like had enemies before. And like, I don't want an enemy, but all of a sudden there's like an ad, kind of like an adversary in your mm-hmm. life that you like, that used to be your closest person. Mm. It just is so, yeah, it, it, I was reeling, still real from that, you know? <laughs> I remember well my said. mom saying, Amy, you need to use a different measuring stick here. You keep like measuring things and expecting what you had in your marriage, that understanding and that kind of relationship. And this is like, you need to find a different measuring stick and, and stop expecting the same measurements. Yes. That is good advice. Really good Mm -hmm. advice. One of the things that surprised me the most was that so much of my pain and fear was coming from how much I feared what others would think. And I remember walking to church. I obviously have some things to work through when it comes to church experiences. <laughs> it keeps happening here. But I was walking to church and I remember thinking, I wonder what they're thinking like they must think. And I would go down the list of all the terrible things that they could think of me. <laughs> because not a lot of people knew my story or know that experience. And it's f- interesting how I was, pu- I was carrying optional pain by giving anyone who drove past me an opinion about the choice that I had so carefully and thoughtfully made in my life. So I was surprised. I teach this for a living. Like what others think of you is none of your business. I mean, I've got all kinds of great... <laughs> truth about it. And yet when I could look into myself, it was, I'm giving everyone so much power instead of one God, not hundreds of gods, just mm-hmm. one God that I, whose opinion matters of me. And that surprised me. I was... That you were human? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that part of me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, that I'm human. I agree. I think it's a human experience. Yeah. I was surprised by it. I, did, I, I was grateful to see it because once I could see it, then I committed to walking to church and I committed to letting go every time. Like, what is the truth? What really matters? Okay, you guys, we're taking, we have lots of good things to get to. Really quickly, I just want a quick line or two. What did others say or do that helped or that hurt? I'll start. Some of the things that individuals would say to me is, do you want to be alone for the rest of your life? Or, I don't believe in divorce. Or, can't you be the magnanimous one? Coming from someone who knew nothing. Some of the things that helped were when individuals, someone said to me, good things are ahead for you. Honestly, again, like it wasn't the prophet or anyone that has any kind of, but I was like, there are. (laughs) It just felt like, thank you. So good things are ahead for you or you're not crazy. Or I can talk about this with you for the rest of your life if you need to. Mm -hmm. It was so validating. So how about you guys? Some things that I, like there was one thing that I heard over and over again that just drove me nuts. And that was, you deserve to be happy. 
Mm-hmm. And I like that word deserve just always rubbed me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. don't we all want to be happy yeah. and deserve to be happy? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I get that like, you know, our actions determine certain outcomes and stuff. But I feel like there was a lot of looking for validation from other people or, or yeah. um, trying to find <laughs> your worth and stuff. And sometimes, like I said at the beginning, you have to be very careful about where all that comes from. So some of the things that, that were helpful for me, I went to a therapist every week for almost a year and just really started looking at myself and trying to figure out why I struggled being vulnerable or, or how to express my emotions in different ways. So that was really helpful, but also having a friend that I could confide in that that wasn't just going to support me just because he was my friend, but because, you know, he was willing to listen and tell me when I was making silly decisions or, or having thoughts of despair or something like really somebody who could be open and honest with me and, and share was something that was so helpful for me. There's a lot of times where I get stuck in my own head thinking about all these things. And sure, like I started writing every day and you know sometimes i'm like i don't have time to write and then when i when i felt that way i was like i don't have time not to write <laughs> to spin because, in my head either. yeah i have to get this on paper because then out. it's out of my head and yes. and that allowed me to like just have more clarity in the day-to-day stuff because i wasn't sitting and dwelling and having things spin over and over again in my head the That's support beautiful. system you you choose is amazing it's beautiful thank you Yeah, I would say similar things. I think the things that don't help are um, trying to help play a detective (laughs) (laughs) or um, the hostility or adding to anger or cutting remarks and putting the other parties down. So unhelpful. And I remember several conversations of being like, hey, you know, like these are good people. Like I, you know, like I, I really don't, this isn't something that I want to engage in and I want this to be, you know, uplifting. And so I would say that that is what helps is that uplifting of like, um, hey, what what kind of support can I give you? You know, like, where are you at? What decisions are you making right now? Like, what do you what are you looking forward to? You know, like, what are you what are you working toward? Tell me about you know, like building your career. Tell me about like plans you have with your kids and kind of like looking forward in those ways helps. I know that like supportive, like, how can I help? What do you need help with today? I there are some um, men in my ward right now that just you're like, hey, what projects do you have going on? Do you have anything we can take to the dump? You know, like, <laughs> what's They're on the bottom of your to-do heaven. list that <laughs> I can help you, you know, take off at the bottom of your to-do list that you're not going to get to? Uh-huh. Things like that help, especially, you know, you mentioned um, being, you know, that what, you know, and not to be sexist or anything, but like, yeah, it just helps to have some extra muscles or some that is not sexist. No, how with like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or probably with men, it really helps to have like, um, yeah, that like, uh, help that, you know, a, a woman can give in those parts of life. So yeah, just, just having that kind of support really, really helps and not dwelling on the negative. Yeah. Uh, it can be so, so toxic. And I think it's up to us sometimes to, to rein it in. Yeah. And I've, if I can just add on to that, the other person is hurting too. Like, yeah. it's not like it's, you're the only one in it. It's true. And, you know, people will come and say, oh, did you see what this person posted on social media? It's like, I don't want to know. Like, yeah. you, you just have to learn to not feed into that toxic. And they're doing their best. They are. You know? They're doing yeah. their best too. 
So yeah, there was many times where I just had to say, I don't want to see or know what, what you're trying to show me. So. That's called a boundary. Yeah. And they're critical to mm-hmm. get through an experience like this is to be able to say what helps me and what hurts me. We're not talking about avoiding like, Oh, you just don't want to see. We're talking about a choice to move forward and to not stay in the pain. I had a neighbor um, early spring. I had gone over to another neighbor neighbors and I live in a cul-de-sac. I was walking home and my other neighbor said, have you gotten your lawnmower ready for spring? And I'm like, is that something you do? What do I have to do? <laughs> no idea. He said, bring it over. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have words for that kind of thoughtfulness. And that's happened in so many different ways in my life. And I'm grateful. Okay. We have two minutes to talk about destructive behaviors or patterns that keep us stuck in pain. You want to start, Bryce? Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> not, not working on it keeps us stuck. There's, you know, early on, like I just threw myself into work and just like, I got to stay busy all the time because my mind is going crazy. Yeah, I've got to like figure out a way to stay out of that. Um, you, you start dating, looking for validation from the wrong places. And it's like, that's destructive. Like, you know, you don't want to be alone. And, and sometimes you just need somebody to talk to and be around, but stay out of serious relationships early on. You know, the thing for me, the thing that I felt like kept me out of destructive patterns was going and helping somebody else. I just thought somebody else is having a harder time than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I've got to go and do something else to get myself out of this mindset. And like I, I would go and, and volunteer at, uh, actually I volunteered at Primary Children's in their um, Sophie's Place thing for a couple of years. Mm. We're just... It got me out of a place, but it also was something that I could do to give to help other people who were also just a with reminder tough times. we're not the only ones that are in pain, right? Yeah. There's so much pain in lots of places. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Bryce. Yeah. You, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. I think destructive, it's destructive to take everything personally. And it's mm, really yes. hard because it is such a personal space and such awesome. personal things happening. Um, I think it's also really destructive to try to manage other people's understanding of of yourself, of the situation. There's a whole lot of just like surrendering and letting go of what people think and how people view things. And gosh, that has been one of my biggest learning lessons is just let go <laughs> of what people think and how, how you are seen or viewed or misunderstood. Um, and I think uh, part of of constructive is, yeah, being able to look forward and um, decide what this, you know, like acceptance of what is happening. That took a long time for me to just accept that this is happening, to let go of the shoulds and to start looking forward to what I want this to look like going forward. Yeah. So choosing to be responsible. Yeah. And choosing. To- and focusing on what you can choose. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. Avoiding, blaming, victim, staying in that victim space. Like, why is this hat? Why? I can go there really quickly into it. This wasn't supposed to be my dream. I was... I won't... I was sitting with someone that I care about a lot, a family member, and we're both going through a divorce. And he looked at me and said, 
we're likable people. <laughs> like, what is happening here? <laughs> and I thought, isn't that the truth? Like, wait, what? <laughs> so staying in a space where this shouldn't be happening to me is one of the most destructive places, I believe, along with the other things that you guys have shared. Um, it is, It is happening to me. And if I want to stay in pain, I can argue with that for as long as I want. But if I want to heal, I get to I get to accept reality and keep moving. So thank you, both of you, for your thoughts on that. We're going to move into dating again. Oh, I thought we were going to leave that out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just really quickly because... I don't I don't know that that will be everyone's experience. I can tell you for me again, I'm just 1 year into uh, to my divorce being final and it doesn't feel good to me. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like I'm breaking rules. I feel like I'm not honoring what I value inside of me. And so it's a total shift from being completely in to a, my marriage and relationship <laughs> to now like talking or flirting or spending time with someone it just it's it's been very uncomfortable for me so i'm happy to have a different perspective from you two because it looks like you two made it through that did you feel that way <laughs> was it uncomfortable for you or yeah i just love your thoughts i loved dating in college i loved oh, it it's totally. so fun right I'm like such dating. a fun <laughs> social atmosphere and aspect of you know your 20s or you know whatever that phase of life that doesn't it did not fit in you know mm-hmm. my uh, later 30s and 40s after 15 years of of marriage of like i was really like you you say all in right mm-hmm. like very happy very um content in like being married and having family life so you had to be thrown back into that. Um, and I remember think, saying, like saying in our in marriage, we'd be like, isn't it nice to not have to date anymore? Yeah. And like be just so comfortable in this situation. So you're like totally just thrown into discomfort again. And it is, it's like, yeah, so vulnerable. I, I think it has been another really great learning experience. You learn a lot about yourself again, oh, rediscovering so much. And that is something I've been really, really grateful for is that each, each person that you decide to be that vulnerable with or like relationships are extremely educational. And especially in the area of like, there was a marriage and now a divorce and so much to learn from that experience and to move forward with. It's been extremely like eye-opening. I really love the self-discovery. There are painful parts of it for sure. And just cringe parts as well, which I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's been, yeah, another really beautiful. And then I think when there, there has been a divorce, there's a lot of just areas of self-doubt and like my self-esteem was torn to shreds for a while and dating again was really helpful in building that back up Mm. to be valued in ways that like I all of a sudden was like seeing value in ways that had never really been valued before, you know, so there's that really beautiful rebuilding part of it too. And I just have been really grateful for that being like being seen. Yes. Again. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Bryce. I think Amy explained it very well. You just go through. Uh, so I think of college and 
I want to sit and think of all the wonderful dating experiences, but it was fun because, because now dating is so different. Like yes. it's, it's yes. transformed. And so then we think, Oh, it was so much different then. But actually when I really am honest about it, dating was still hard in college, was the, it? The, you know, <laughs> not, not because like you couldn't get dates and stuff, but you just like, you're, you're trying to, it's vulnerable. Yeah. You're, you're yes. vulnerable and you're trying to find somebody that you feel like is a, a good fit, you know? And yes. I read a lot of books and you know, there's a lot of good advice on how to date. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, not just on dating. Like one, one in particular was called attached, and it just mm-hmm. t- talks about your the different attachment theories, and it, like it was a huge eye opener to me because it made me think, well, I never should have done this and this and this, or why do I put so much value on certain relationships? And like it just opened my eyes more to who I was, not necessarily trying to say, oh, this person's like that. And that, like, it was just a good thing for me. There was another book that I read, which I've always felt like the title's a little deceiving, but How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. And it has this model in there. They call it the relationship relationship attachment model. That it's like an equalizer. And on that equalizer, it's like, how well do you know the person? If that knob on the equalizer is too high or too low, then you don't move to the next thing. And so... You know, it's it's um, how well do you know the person? How much do you trust them? Rely on them? Commit to them? And touch? Mm-hmm. And so it's like if if each of those things aren't in a healthy place, but you're already jumping to the next thing, mm-hmm. then your relationship's out of whack. And it just it was a big thing for me to be like, where am I putting the value in these relationships and dating? Like, am I Am I focusing on the things that are important to me or are we just jumping all over the place because you're letting the wind take you? Like you have to be so intentional about how you date now mm-hmm. that like you can't afford to just be willy-nilly about it. Yeah. Like, well, or to feel that pain or those spaces inside of you that need healing yes. with a person. Yes. Then we just end up in the same patterns as we maybe left. So thank you. Yeah. There's a lot more. We could do a whole podcast on yes. <laughs> dating after divorce, right? But we're not going to. At the end of every podcast, I ask the question, if you could leave with one tool today, what is one thing, if someone's listening to this, who's contemplating divorce or is going through a divorce or has been divorced, what's one tool? Just one. We can't, we've talked about a lot. What would you say? Oh, <laughs> one tool. To to really take um, the the chance to really know get to know yourself and and who you are despite what what might be said or or um we talked a lot about like the misunderstanding i think like really taking the time whether through therapy or your spiritual practices to to really get to know that part of yourself and and moving forward with the best version of yourself with that with intention yeah and there is there's so much good in you Whoever, whoever this is. Every person. Yeah, we come with that. Thank you, Amy. Bryce. Yeah, I love what Amy said. Work on yourself. It doesn't matter if if you're married and all of a sudden divorce is being considered. It doesn't matter if you're single and never been married before and you're figuring out for the first time. You have to do that work on yourself. Or in your marriage. Yeah, or in your marriage. You don't have to wait for a devastating thing to happen. And it's so easy to point and blame and you know, just get rid of, of that cycle because it, it can tear you down. But but working on yourself, because I would say the best way to prevent divorce is 
to look inward and be in a healthy place with yourself so that when you do date and you do marry, that you can be able to be vulnerable and and express yourself and also let that other person grow and not feel like you have to not let them change and grow, yes. but still love them for who they are. Yes. And And I think something to remember is that divorce doesn't end with a stamped document from the court saying your divorce is over. It's something that is ongoing. Like you still have to work with that person in different ways. My friend Lindsay says it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still a relationship, right? Yeah, it it is. Like, yes. Does it have to be a terrible relationship yes. or can yes. it be a good oh, relationship? A, yeah. So, it's so it's just an ongoing work in progress. And, and so don't think that because you got divorced, it's all going to end and go away because there's still stuff that you, that you work together and, and try to work through, especially if you have kids. You bet. Thank um, you. Yeah. Oh, keep, no, no, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Each, each, every person's journey is different. So don't compare yourself to other people who are going through it because there's probably similarities, but you are figuring out you, not everybody else. Thank you. And I would share, talk about it. As we've sat here and just talked about it again, we began this podcast before we came on air. Like, are you scared? Are you nervous? Yes, yes. We're all feeling that because this is something that is hard to talk about sometimes. So talk about it. I came across this thought and I loved it. Grief is the result of love. And you don't want to love less to grieve less. It will hurt. Let it. You'll have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.